You're listening to Salary Capped, a podcast exploring the business side of sports. Hey everyone, welcome into Salary Capped. I am Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show. I gotta tell you, our guest today is one of the most intriguing, interesting, and exciting guests that we've had on the show to date. His name is Don Davis. He's the chairman and founder of the Professional Fighters League and the founding partner of Revolution, a Washington DC-based venture capital firm with one and a half billion dollars under their management. Don, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, it's great to be here. Well, Don, I mentioned uh, Professional Fighters League off the top, and I'd love to learn a little bit more about it. So uh, tell us what you're building, what you're growing there, and a little bit more about PFL. Sure. The Professional Fighters League is the first in MMA to bring the sports season format to fans. Regular season, playoff, and championship. Individual fighters compete, just like in basketball, football, or the other main sports. It's transparency. It's a meritocracy. In the PFL, we don't decide who's ranked number one or number three or who's going to fight. It's called win and advance. So in the NBA, Adam Silver doesn't say, LeBron, you're in the finals because you have the most social media following. The Lakers had to earn it. So in the PFL, we start with 72 fighters, 12 in each of six weight classes, and it's single elimination. And at the end of the year, you're a true champion for 2021 or 2020. That's how it works, meritocracy and transparency, and fans have loved it. It's made the PFL the number two worldwide MMA organization in just three years. Now, that's particularly interesting, especially if there are viewers out there that don't follow MMA or just the different fighting um, sports in general. What you're describing differs pretty wildly from the way that other uh, other fighting organizations are set up, right? The the title cards seem to be, you know, we're going to pick this person and this person and pair them together and that sort of thing. You, The meritocracy idea really is pretty revolutionary in the world of fighting. Yeah, look, in combat sports, whether it's boxing or MMA, top rank is the best in boxing and UFC is, an, is the leader in MMA. A promoter decides who's going to fight. Mm. So Tyler and Don are going to fight. Well, that's a great one-off event. That's a great entertainment product. But then most of the fights don't matter. There's a 10-fight undercard leading to a main fight. So those undercard fights don't matter. More than that, if you tune in every Saturday, if it's not a championship fight, it doesn't matter. Where have the fighters been? Where are they going? Why are they ranked? It's an entertainment product. But what a sport is, is regular season championship, win in advance truly earning it and that's what the pfl brings to mma for the very first time yeah i like that i like that a lot um and uh yeah and i like the way that you're describing that because it certainly pairs what people expect from sports in a format that people are familiar with with a sport that has never really had that kind of uh, competition before and so that's that's particularly interesting to me and i'd like to know a little bit more just about your experience in building pfl from the ground up you know what has that experience been like what have you learned through that experience and maybe some of the things that have surprised you yeah look there were two things that were the founding basis of pfl one there's 450 million mma fans in the world it's the third largest fan base trailing only soccer and basketball I had no idea, but that's why I started the PFL. It's the most underserved fan base. UFC has 30 fights a year, but there's no other premium global MMA organization other than UFC until there was PFL. There's 6,000 basketball games a year that those fans could watch, but only 30 fights. So there's 450 million fans were hungry for more premium fight content, number one. And number two is everybody loves a game seven. What if every fight was a game seven? MMA meets March Madness. That's what the PFL is. When you turn on a PFL fight, so we're back on ESPN Live April 23rd, 2021 for our 2021 season. 
Every PFL fight is a game seven. It's an elimination fight. When that fighter walks into the decagon, the PFL version of the octagon, if they lose, they're done for the season. If they win, they move on to the next fight. We all understand what that means. And the excitement, the desperation, the thrill, the challenge around a game seven happens for every single fight. It really matters. So those are the two principles underlying PFL that's really rewarded our explosive growth. Yeah, two most exciting words in sports, game seven. Uh, you know, that, that's, it's fantastic to bring that level of energy and that the, the stakes are always high, which is exciting. People know how much this means. And so I think that that's, that's particularly exciting. And, you know, you mentioned ESPN, and I wanted to ask just when it comes to media partners and broadcast partners, what did you value in making that decision? And what was that process like for you? Yeah, look, I've, I've been an investor for 15 years of my career and an entrepreneur for 15 years. And the most important thing always is being with the very best partners and having the very broadest distribution. So that's what PFL did. We're in 160 countries today. We're with 30 premium distribution partners. So ESPN is our partner, live prime time on Thursday night in the United States, but with 29 other partners to reach those 160 countries. So Fox Sports Africa, on the way down the line. So wherever you are in 160 countries, we're with the number one or number two sports outlet in your country. And we're one of only eight sports properties in the world with that broad a distribution. Wow, that's that's absolutely incredible. So you also launched an innovative over-the-top programming platform in, in 2020. Tell me a little bit about that and why that was an important thing for you. Yeah, we launched the PFL app, so you can get it on you know, Android, Apple, or all your devices. And we did three things differently. You know, obviously when people launch, everybody has an app, but we did three things very differently. So one, our app is free. We don't ever charge for content at the PFL. So for the 450 million fight fans, download the app. Our full library is free. Our full original content is free. Our full database is free. Number two, fully customized. So when you're watching the PFL fights, you choose the language, you choose the camera angles, you choose the data overlay of punch impact fully customized experience. And number three, cool gamification. So starting this year, real-time prop bets. What's the hardest punch in this round? What's the kick speed? Will the round end another one minute? So we're the first that's gonna bring real-time gambling prop bets to those fans around the world. So those three things make the app more engaging, particularly because this fan base average age is 35. The average age of the baseball fan is 60. So most of these fans are 18 to 35 in the app very engaging, free, a lot of gamification. Yeah, so what you've done is add in a lot of different layers of engagement that maybe traditional sports are, are missing out on those sorts of things and are still lagging behind. But you, building from the ground up and in a modern time, have recognized the different areas where there's, there are opportunities for engagement, betting, uh, camera angles, uh, different technologies, things along those lines that you can build into the process of the sport. And uh, I think that's particularly incredible what you've built there. Well, you have to meet the fans where they're at. ESPN2 is a great place. ESPN is a great place. The app is a great place. So each of them, whatever screen you want, whatever layer of customization you want, if you want to be engaged, if you want to be passive, the PFL meets the fans where they're at. And I think that that might be one of the biggest lessons we've learned from 2020, right, is that uh, people are going to watch in different ways. And, you know, sports have uh, obviously had a difficult time trying to restart, trying to, you know, exist 
at all during the pandemic. And so uh, the way that they've had to connect with fans has been different, right? No fans in stadiums. And so you, you have kind of a different atmosphere. What do you feel like 2020 has really taught the sports media landscape at large? And how have you applied those things at PFL? Tyler, great question. To me, there's two big learnings of 2020 for sports. The first is there's only one sport that's increased its viewership in 2020, MMA. One sport, one sport, MMA. The second thing is if your company is based as a global content company, you're better off. If your company is based on live sports fans, you're worse off. And that's, that's not about this pandemic. That's about overall revenue multiples and overall ways to monetize your IP. So from the very beginning, PFL is a global content and intellectual property company. Only 5% of our revenue comes from the live event and ticketing experience. The big four, 33% of their revenue comes from live fans and the ticketing experience. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of moving parts. So PFL is more focused about the 5 million fans watching than the 5,000 fans attending. So I think you, what you've seen in 2020 is very difficult year for sports, but there are winners and there are losers, and it sets up long-term trends that we'll see play out. See, that's, that's really interesting to me, and especially on the content side, because I feel like one of the things that traditional sports are lagging behind on is the understanding that, that people want to be able to watch highlights, share highlights with friends, tweet out highlights, share them on social media, things like that that traditional sports are much more guarded against because of broadcast rights and things along those lines, that content really isn't as big of a thing for them. The NBA has kind of started to come around, but, uh, but for the most part, I can't tweet out you know, a video that I take of a Major League Baseball game or something like that without Major League Baseball flagging my Twitter account, right? Because of certain broadcast rights and things that I'm violating, but really that stifles engagement, right? So you're going the opposite direction and wanting to create as much content as possible and have a library there for people to consume when it's convenient for them, right? Tyler, you're totally right. If you look at all the trends in, in media and social media, not just sports, it's sharing, it's mobile, and it's short form. So how do you tap into those very powerful macro trends? They're all consumers around the world, particularly young consumers. And that's what the PFL is doing. What is the average MMA fight? 10 minutes. <laughs> What is the ability to share the highlights of that fight on your mobile phone? And what's the ability to engage with the fighters, whether they walk into the cage, whether it's the ref cam viewing angle, whether it's the knockout punch, those are the mega trends that all content is tapping into. And that's what the PFL specifically and MMA in general is all about. And I feel like this kind of goes into something that I wanted to ask you about anyways, and that was um, the concern amongst especially traditional sports like baseball, especially baseball really, but also football, NBA, everybody's kind of talking about how do we get the younger fan these days? There's a lot of concern around, you know, Gen Zers and, uh, and the younger generations these days of how do we engage? And they seem to engage on a different level than maybe these sports are typically used to engaging with their fans. And I think that that's a big topic of conversation that you're really honing in on. Look. I'm a 58-year-old entrepreneur. This is about my 10th company, but I grew up with football and baseball. So I didn't grow up in an MMA fan, but now it's my favorite sport. Why? 300 punches or kicks and the fight ends in 10 minutes. It's fantastic. So it's not just about the last two minutes of an NBA game. Every two minutes is the last two minutes of an NBA game. So the inherent nature of the excitement of an MMA fight is fantastic. And number two, the rules are simple. Why is it in 160 countries? Why are there fighters from 40 countries? 
everyone understands what it means to go one-on-one -on -one in that cage. So it's easy to engage in those storylines. It's easy to engage in those journeys and those narratives. So to me, it is the sport of the next generation. Hmm. MMA is only 25-year-old sport. Basketball 75-year-old. Baseball's 150. So what you're just seeing is, this is the NFL in the 1970s. And you're just seeing the beginning of that with MMA. Yeah, yeah. So uh, are there any maybe advancing technologies that you have your eye on as, as you grow for the future? Maybe AR, VR, just different immersive experiences or, or things along those lines that, that intrigue you about the possibility for even further engagement? Yeah, you know, for my career at AOL, for being 15 years as a consumer technology investor, I'm always focused on what's interesting for fans, what would be great for consumers. Um, and there's several things we're doing as the innovation leader at the PFL. We created the smart cage. So we're the, we're the first to wire the cage. So we put chips in the fighter's gloves, a film under the mat, and it captures fight data, fighter analytics, and biometrics. So we display punch impact on the screen, kick speed on the screen, Next will be heart rate on the screen. Now these are super interesting because you can now see these are the greatest athletes in the world. So if you're a newbie to MMA, more context. If you're a junkie for MMA, these become real-time gambling prop bets. So the smart cage will continue to evolve to add more data and more analytics. We've also pioneered the ref cam. You see the knockout from inside. This year we'll pioneer the corner cam. You'll hear what the fighter has to do in the second round from the fighter. So all those kind of innovations, it's not the technology per se, it's how do you program the technology to make the fight and the experience more interesting for fans. And that's what I think the PFL has really been focused on. And that's why our streaming audience and our broadcast audience has doubled year over year. Well, it seems like an especially exciting time to be a part of PFL and, uh, and everything that you have building. So, Don Davis, uh, thank you so much again for joining us here on Salary Capped, breaking down some of these topics and really getting into uh, the future of sports and what that's going to look like and how PFL is leading the way. Don, appreciate your time today. Thank you. April 23rd, 2021 on ESPN, the debut of the PFL 2021 season. Thank you, Tyler. There you go. April 23rd, everyone. Make sure to mark that down on your calendars. Check out PFL if you haven't before. Obviously, they're growing and your friends are probably watching it, so you should get in on it as well. Don, thank you once again, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Great. Thank you.